We're now joined by our good friend, Brian Jones of CBS Sports Radio. You can watch him all day today on CBS and throughout the week on CBS Sports Network. After the first month of the season, it certainly looks like we're on pace for Alabama-Clemson again. Which is the better team right now? Well, I think they're both comparable. You look at the way Jalen Hurts is running the rock, and it's not most—it's not primarily his passing that's getting it done. It's his legs, once again, leading the Bama offense in rushing. And now he has thrown about 160, 170 without a pick uh, going back to last year. So he's taking care of the rock. So I like what he's doing. Uh, they have others they can lean on in the running game, from Jacobs to Harris and, and Scarborough. So they are loaded back there. Uh, you you got, uh, you know, just an incredible defense now, the way they're playing. Three points is all they've allowed uh, these last two ball games. 125 to three is what they've outscored their SEC opponents these last two weeks. Uh, the last time they had back-to-back 50-plus uh, SEC wins was back in 1945. So they're, they're making history once again. Defense, they're getting involved with pick sixes. Uh, so this is an excellent Alabama team. But Clemson, uh, they, they're right there with them. Their defense is better than they were a season ago, and they were damn good then. Uh, and then their quarterback, uh, Brian, while he's not turning it up via the air, three touchdowns, three interceptions, he's able to use his legs. He's a big, strong kid, and they haven't skipped a beat offensively, maybe lacking a little bit in the running game is the running back position, but I think they're both comparable as we sit here today. Are you surprised Butch Jones is still the coach of Tennessee right now? Well, I'm not surprised that they would make a move in the middle of the season, but, you know, fifth year in and you get uh, waxed the way they were uh, a week ago, embarrassed 41 to nothing versus a rival. Uh, that, that leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. And they were sitting there 3-1 and one heading into that ball game, and, and it didn't feel like a 3-1 and one football team. So you can try to sugarcoat it all you want. Uh, but uh, this this is uh, pretty much a, a done deal. If he doesn't run the table, there'll probably be a change there uh, at, at Tennessee. I'm already hearing the chance of T. Martin, the former uh, national champion winning quarterback there, who's currently the OC at USC. So Bush Jones had lost the fan base heading into the last week's game. He has now lost the former players. Uh, they're highly upset. And five years into this thing, there are no excuses. You've been able to recruit your own type of players. You've been able to recruit top top ten classes, and yet this is what you put on the field. So no more excuses. And you can hem and haul and, and try to sugarcoat it. That's not good. that that dog won't hunt. Uh, so th- this is uh, a tough time for for a coach and his staff and those players. But like I said, you've had five years. That's a luxury in today's game. Getting five years to to mold a program. Most ask Charlie Strong what he could have done with five years at my alma mater, the University of Texas. He barely got three, mm-hmm. uh, if that. So uh, there, there, you, there's nothing to be said. It's all about action from here on out. Talking with our good pal Brian Jones of CBS Sports Radio. You can catch him today, CBS, as LSU takes on Florida, which brings us to the other coach that's really come under fire, Ed Orgeron, and LSU. The Tigers have not looked good. Perhaps the defense can turn it around today, or if any, if there ever was a recipe for a day for a team to turn it around, it's a, a week that they've heard everything, especially coming off the bad game they had a week ago. Still have a, a lot of talent on defense and a Florida team that is not not very good on offense right now. Did things change for Ed Orgeron and company today? Well, we thought it was going to change in that first ball game three weeks ago versus Mississippi State when they were pushed around. 
But then you get what you had last weekend. They're on their home turf versus a non-conference foe when, when they'd won 49, and, and Troy pushes them around. So they've given up uh, 491 yards in those two ball games, Mississippi State and Troy, on the ground. We never say that about LSU, being pushed around, punked in the manner in which they were. Uh, they got a, t- a, a ton of problems. And anytime you got the head coach and both coordinators meeting with the AD, you know there's something that's awry. And in a big way, they're in Baton Rouge. So I think they played um, a more physical, more physical brand of football th- this game versus – Florida, and they're going to have to. They'll be embarrassed by this Florida running game that seems like it has found its rhythm. Five rushing touchdowns a week ago, LaMichael P. Ryan, and, and you also had the newcomer Malik Davis. Uh, so if, if Florida can run the rock in the same manner as they did last week, and if Felipe Franks can get away from telegraphing his passes, could be a long afternoon for LSU's defense. They do get a key cog back on that D-line and Richard Lawrence. Everyone looks upon him as the leader of this defense. The guy's only play 11 games mm-hmm. in an LSU uh, uniform, but uh, he, he makes noise when he's in there. He's missed three ball games this year, so with him coming back, that helps that D-line, but it's a mess there in Baton Rouge right now, and the excuses run the gamut. Uh, Rich, I mean, they're, they're talking about, well, uh, the uncertainty on the Les Miles the last couple of years, so he didn't recruit well. That's a bunch of bull, Dookie. Uh, he, he recruited 21 O-line and D-line, and, ni- and 13 of them were, were D-line in the, the last two years, so they've recruited good kids. They've had top uh, recruiting classes, so you can't say that. Now it's, oh, it's a rebuilding year. Well, it shouldn't be a rebuilding year. The way they've recruited, and yes, I know they've had guys who jumped to the NFL, but uh, Alabama has how many guys on, on average? Eight or nine that go to the NFL, and we don't see them skip a beat, so there's no excuses down there. You just got to coach these guys up. And, and Ed Orgeron needs to figure out if he wants to micromanage his new OC, Matt Canada, or is he just going to delegate to these guys and let them do their thing uh, because you have that going on. So uh, they, they've got to sift through a ton of turmoil and, and then try to go on the road and beat a, a Florida team that's playing much better on the offensive side of the ball. We got you fired up today. Well, I, I'm fired up because my damn Yankees just gave a game away last <laughs> night, so that's got me PO'd this morning and, and didn't sleep well, so I might as well be fired up. I actually like one thing about Jim McElwain. He knows how to win these close, pressured games. Nine and one in these one possession games. Maybe he could call Joe Girardi and give him some tips on how to handle that. <laughs> it's that and more that you'll get throughout the day on CBS, and of course throughout the week on CBS Sports Network, and of course every day right here on CBS Sports Radio with Gio and Jones, six to nine a.m. Eastern Time on CBS Sports Radio. Are the two best teams in the state of Florida, South Florida and Central Florida? How about that? Uh, when when Charlie Strong took over, I had a chance to interview him, and, and I told him he's going to have a few things he didn't have at Texas right off the bat. That's a quarterback, and Quentin Flowers is as advertised. Maybe the numbers are a little less than they were a year ago with, with Willie Taggart at the helm, and he's going to have a fan base that's 100% behind him, and he's going to have time. Well, they're sitting there undefeated. It looked like they're starting to, to, to uh, hit their stride, put over 60 on ECU uh, last week. That's not saying a lot, but they had struggled in certain ball games that they should have should not have struggled in. So, yeah, and then UCF, Scott Frost, the job he's been able to do there, turn that program around. Before he stepped on campus, they hadn't won a game. Last year they went six, and this year they're sitting there undefeated. Very impressive win versus Memphis. And so uh, didn't go to to Maryland and, and defeated an undefeated Maryland team uh, there as well. So both of those teams are looking pretty good, and you tip your hat to both coaches. You know, I, I don't know if I want to put them above anybody else because there have been a lot of great coaching jobs in America, but what is it say that Scott Frost in two years has 
has taken over a winless team and now has it on a pace for a New Year's Six bowl game. I mean, how has he turned it around so fast there? Well, it's all about developing your talent. And once you take over, you got to recognize where your needs lie and, and whether or not the talent is there to run the, 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 the type of offense and defense you want to employ. And here's a guy that came from that vaunted rushing offense and prolific scoring uh, offense there at Oregon, and, and he instituted those principles there at UCF. And now he's going to be one of the, the highly sought-after coaches, especially as alma mater, if things go uh, sideways there as they started off a couple weeks ago uh, there in Nebraska, he's going to be sought after. So uh, you, if you can get in there and instill your type of uh, philosophy, which he's done, and get the guys to buy in, which they have also done, uh, you can have what you have, uh, which is a six-win season last year after not winning a damn game and now uh, undefeated and on the verge possibly for a, a big matchup versus USF at the end of the season. Washington coach Chris Peterson complained about the late start times of the Pac-12. Michigan and Michigan State don't like the evening game. We all know why games take place at night, but do you think if there are enough of these complaints, it'll go back to more traditional start times? I'm not so sure. Uh, you know, the Michigan, Michigan State one, I know they haven't had a ton of night games there in Michigan, but you've had some afternoon games that have gone well into the evening. So they should be used to being in the dark, especially this time of year. And as far as Chris Peterson, uh, I tell you this, that the commissioner's office, they were taken aback. And that's an understatement with the criticism from Coach Peterson. He knew what he was getting into when he signed up to, to be the head coach at Washington. And here's the other deal. He wouldn't be able to get that 4 or $5 million a year contract if the Pac-12 played at different times. While, you know, us broadcasters here on the East Coast, we hate those starting times. The conference would have to have taken less money from their media partners if they moved up those starting times. So the bottom line is the bottom line. These coaches out west are getting the big contracts because of the their media deals, the broadcasting deals. And Chris Peterson, uh, when when he was signing his big contract with Washington, he wasn't worried about starting times then. Is this the year of the running back? We started looking at the quarterbacks and Baker Mayfield and Mason Rudolph and Sam Darnold and many others, but look at what some of the running backs in this country have done this year. Bryce Love, Rashad Penny, Saquon Barkley, uh, to a lesser extent, J.K. Dobbins at Ohio State, Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, I still have Baker Mayfield number one on, on my list and Saquon Barkley right there after him. And then, of course, Bryce Love. And, and what Love has done, you're right, is, is phenomenal. Now, I was aware of him. We had him last year in the Sun Bowl on CBS. So if you tune into that ball game, you would have seen the type of speed that this young man possesses. And he's showcasing that right now to the entire nation. He'll have a tough one versus Utah, a number one running back versus number one rush defense in the Pac-12 uh, this evening there in Salt Lake City. But uh, he is a, a joy to watch. Saquon Barkley with those big old legs and power clean and seems like six, seven hundred pounds. A very strong back. He's shown his versatility in the kicking game. Runs one back a week ago. Of course, he's they use him in the in the in the passing game as well. So he's not a one trick pony. But I like Baker Mayfield what he's bringing, averaging over three hundred yards of offense thus far this season. Thirteen touchdowns, no picks. Uh, the guy is just so much fun to watch, and he brings an attitude uh, to the game and. So I think I still have him number one. My friend, thanks as always. Looking forward to seeing you today all day long. All right, my man. Appreciate you.